Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be one of your hosts alongside Andrew Matrone. What's good, fam? And joining us again today, we have Whitney Bess. Hello. All right. I know I normally kick off the podcast by asking you guys how your week was, but... No one really cares. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I have a more interesting question for you guys. We're going to do a little Would You Rather to kick off... This podcast, completely unscripted and unrehearsed, would you rather, here we go. If you were, would you rather, I guess I got to start it by saying would it's you rather. It's not called if you were. If yeah. you were, uh, would you rather be a billionaire with zero friends or would you rather be like the poorest person on earth but have thousands of authentic friendships? Ooh, thousands of authentic friendships. Or just a ton of friends. Like, Don't look too deep into off. that. Don't look too deep into that. You just have a lot of friends. Here's the thing. I feel like I don't need that many friends. That might be a controversial <laughs> statement. So no I friends. think I'm But you would have go, no friends. But could I have a husband? No. You could, but he wouldn't be your friend. Yeah. He'd hate you. <laughs> oh. But I could go travel. You'd be a billionaire. You can do whatever you want. You know what? You're really taking this serious. I might be a billionaire. I'm just going to go for it. thousand percent. Who cares? Yeah, I'll be a billionaire. No friends. (laughs) For sure. I'll figure it out. I'm a four on the Enneagram. I don't need anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Money can't buy you happiness, folks, but you can try. (laughs) No. um, Hey, all jokes aside, last week we began sort of a two-week discussion on the Holy Spirit. And I know for me personally, one of the most common questions that I get asked as a pastor um, from young adults has either to do with how do I receive, how do I follow, how do I hear from the Holy Spirit, or what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And so last week, we did our best to sort of lay a groundwork around who the Holy Spirit is, why he is important to the life of a believer, and how you hear from him and follow his leading in your life. And so If you're jumping into today um, and you have further questions on the Holy Spirit, I'd highly recommend going back to last week's podcast, last Thursday, and listening in. We do our best to lay the groundwork for who the Holy Spirit is and why we were given him to interact with in our life. Um, And so we kind of want to move on to sort of the elephant in the room when it comes to the topic of the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, which is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, oftentimes you hear people who will preach on the Holy Spirit, but will avoid the topic of maybe the gifts, honestly, because they're they're spiritual and they're supernatural. And we live in a culture that's open to, but very skeptical to things that can't be physically observed. Mm-hmm. And so that just lends itself to having a lot of questions around what are these gifts of the Holy Spirit and why do we have them? And so today we want to do our very best to dive into the gifts of the Holy Spirit and try to answer as many questions as we can get to on this topic from both a biblical and an experiential perspective. I think most of us in this room have experience with gifts of the Holy Spirit to some degree, 
And so we're also going to bring that insight into this conversation. And so um, I want to dive in and sort of set the stage with this question. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and where does this idea come from? Is it is it an idea that just charismatic people have sort of concocted in their head or is this a biblical thing, the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I love this topic. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we don't talk about it enough. It, it for some reason, has almost felt taboo in the church to talk about. And I, I think that some few people have ruined it for a lot of people. Um, but I, I really love this topic, and I think it's extremely important. And, you know, when you ask, like, what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I think people kind of only, when they think about that, they think, well, I've heard of tongues and I've heard of prophecy. And those mm-hmm. seem to be to people the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But Scripture will show us that it's actually far more than that. Um, and I'll, I'll read 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. kind of gives a little bit of a basis for this. It says, uh, to one, there is given through the Spirit, so a gift of the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So this passage references uh, multiple spiritual gifts, uh, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Um, and comparable gifts are are spoken about all throughout Scripture, even the Old Testament in Isaiah, Ephesians 4, Romans 12. So there's multiple levels of, of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit himself determines how to uh, display those or give those to people accordingly. Yeah, that's awesome. I think um, I think that when it comes to discussions on the Holy Spirit, that there's so much mystery surrounded by that. And, and kind of like what I said earlier, we live in a culture that's so skeptical to um, things we can't touch, see, smell, examine under a microscope. Right. Um, and I think that when we start this conversation, um, one, it's a biblical conversation, and two, we have to come at it from the perspective of um, we have to be okay sitting in the mystery of things that we can only see in part. Like mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve, kind of talking about these gifts, references it to like a mirror you can only see in part in. Like it says, now we'll only see in part. When Jesus comes back, we'll see all things like as they should be. And it's kind of giving us permission to not know all things. I think yeah. there's there's so much pressure in our world to, if you are of any faith, but especially Christianity, you have to logically explain and defend every single thing that you believe or practice. And the Bible is this invitation, this story, into understanding something greater than yourself, greater than your world. Right. Um, it's an invitation into the mystery of God and the gifts that he's given us. And so... I think to understand the gifts of the Spirit, we have to come at it from a perspective of there will always be some element of mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. The Bible gives us instruction on how to use it, explains what they are, but there's an, always an element of faith when it comes to anything in Christianity. And we don't just throw out the word faith when we approach something we can't fully explain. Faith is foundational to our our beliefs. It's, it's foundational not just to the gifts of the Spirit, mm-hmm. but 
to the to the belief that Jesus died and was raised from the dead. Like that takes faith, the Bible mm-hmm. says. And so um, 1 Corinthians lays out, 1 Corinthians 12 lays out what the gifts are. But I think when we start this conversation too, it'd be good for us to approach it understanding that we are about to talk about something spiritual. Mm-hmm. And because it's spiritual, it's a gift of the Spirit, there might be elements that are slightly mysterious, for right. lack of a better mm-hmm. word, in that. Mm-hmm. This might date me, but in high school, the big movie saga was Twilight. <laughs> and I loved it, read all the books, went to all the movies. I had a Team Jacob t-shirt. And <laughs> Team I just Jacob, re- for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Edward is sick. Um, <laughs> he anyways, sick. he looks sick, acts sick. Disgusting. Anyways, wow. but I remember Sorry, watching- Edward, if you're listening. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Sorry, Robert Pattinson. I doubt you're watching this. But anyway, um, I would read these books and watch these movies and think I actually thought like, wow, that would be so cool to have like gifts like that. Like you can gauge the temperature of the room and know what people are feeling and uh, you could see the future. You could read people's minds. And I'm like, I want to know what my spiritual gift is like mm-hmm. that. And you like have it, you know, it's not a mystery. Yeah. Um, but a part of that whole series is that Bella is, doesn't really know if like when she does turn into a vampire, spoiler alert, if you're reading the books, I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was always kind of like, what is going to be her gift? And I think with kind of relating it back to scripture is I think when people are like, I have this gift, it's like, mm, well, like what you said, it's just spirit moves how he wants and he distributes gifts how he wants. And I don't know, it can be a little confusing. And yeah. And I think the the average Christian, I think when they, when they hear gifts of the spirit, yeah. they automatically assume, well, that's not for me. Right. I'm not like that. Because when you think of people who operate in their gift, they're really charismatic. Right. Or the, the people that you see on TV, the uber Pentecostal, like that's just not who I am. Right. And so I'll never be able to experience anything. And I don't even know if I want to. Mm-hmm. But after Paul talks about this in Corinthians, Paul says uh, for Jew, a mm-hmm. Greek, slave or free, that it's for all, all people. Right. Yeah. So I think that we approach the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, and we feel like, man, that's probably just not for me. That seems like a little yeah. bit weird or too charismatic. And I'm, but if you're the most boring, dull person in the planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can still operate mm-hmm. in gifts of the Spirit, right? Um, yeah, because it's for all. It's yeah. not a personality trait. Right. It's a totally. It's something that Paul actually says that we should all eagerly desire, and yeah. it kind of leads me to my next question. Um, so we kind of have a definition of the gifts of the Spirit as outlined in 1 Corinthians 12. But then I think one of the big questions is, and this is highly debated in circles, church circles, um, people that love Jesus disagree on this, but are the gifts of the Spirit still available today, or were they just for the early church, the establishing of the church? And I guess sort of a secondary question we'll go to with this is, if they are available today— what is their purpose? Um, and this is a question I actually did a little bit of research on as far as the first part. Are they still available today? And I'm going to do a very brief um, history lesson here. I actually, I actually had somebody um, message me on Instagram and ask me this question. So if, if you want to Google this, you can. Um, and fact check me. There is 
a, a, a section of Christianity called cessationist. And um, that term just means the ceasing of something. And they believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about tongues, healing, prophecy, um, wisdom, things of that nature, ceased when God had established his church through the original apostles. So the, the, the 12 disciples and Paul and people that were establishing the church of Christ in the world. And um, this idea kind of occurred and it started to catch um, a little bit of momentum during the Protestant Reformation. So there were people in the Catholic Church that believed in this term, um, the priesthood of all believers, meaning that you didn't need to go through a priest or a Catholic priest or whoever to have access to God, that every Christian has access to God. It should be able to read their Bible and have a personal relationship with God. And John Calvin actually sort of, some of you might know or even be a Calvinist is where this phrase comes from. He sort of pioneered this movement because what was happening during the Protestant Reformation was the Catholic Church at the time was using claims of miracles and and basically spiritual quote-unquote superpowers to validate themselves as being the ultimate source of truth and to sort of try to combat and squash this Protestant movement that was taking place and pulling people from the Catholic Church. And so Calvin and other Protestants basically said, if the Catholic Church is going to use miracles to keep people from experiencing a personal relationship with God and and knowing him personally, then all miracles and gifts should be met with skepticism. Um, and this, and that's sort of where this cessationist idea came from. And there's so much more detail to that. That, that was a very poor man's summary of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also want to counter this by saying that even throughout all ancient church literature, um, dating back to maybe 50 to 60 years after the apostolic age and the church was established to hundreds of years uh, leading up to this day, there's been ancient writings where there's reports of miracles and and gifts of the Spirit right. in operation. And so this isn't something that died and now all of a sudden has come back to make like a little resurgence. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that has been kind of taking place and going on throughout the history of the church globally. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it, are they still available mm-hmm. today? What I would say was yes. And I think that I believe that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if God chose to include these in the letters and in the words that he knew would be canonized into our Bible, I think it's because he thought and wanted them to be a part of our lives as Christians and our, as followers of Jesus. Yeah, and I would, maybe we'll get to heaven one day and God's like, no, you just thought you were operating those gifts. <laughs> yeah. but th- those were left with the early disciples. I, and I, I'm, I'm no theologian, um, or biblical scholar by any means. If you've listened to this for more than a week, you know that. <laughs> um, but from from what I read and what I experience, I, I would hate to allow my heart to believe that the the gifts that the early disciples operated in are, are not for me. You know, and, and yeah. I, I feel so connected to Scripture when I read it. And what, what a shame it would be for for me just to not believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that how he operated in them yeah. can't operate in me. And so I, I, I fully choose to believe when I read about gifts of the Holy Spirit that I have access to these. Now, now God may not distribute it, them to me as he might distribute them to you, or he might distribute something to me that he's not going to distribute to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I fully choose to believe and stand really firm on the yeah. fact that the gifts that 
we read about in Scripture are fully available right. for us to operate in if God deems um, that to be acceptable for us. Right. I love <clears throat> Joel 2 has this prophetic word about, and we'll talk about prophecy, but about the Holy Spirit being poured out. And it's found in Joel 2.28. And I'm just going to read it really quick. And it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, which we know happens in Acts. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit. And there's no like... If there's no qualifying statements like, oh, this is just for the first church, there's nothing. It's just I will pour out my spirit and there'll be all these gifts poured out upon Mm -hmm. believers. And so I take scripture face value. And I do believe that there are still gifts that we can access today. I think, and, and I don't mean this to sound really like elementary, but I think God is smart enough to see what this would do right. if gifts of the Spirit weren't accessible today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think like under the inspiration right. of the Holy Spirit, God <clears throat> would have inspired Paul to not include this mm-hmm. if he knew how much this would mislead people mm-hmm. down the road. And mm-hmm. so, I yeah, I kind of subscribe to the idea that if we believe that the, the doctrine of inspiration, that the Bible is God's inspired word, we have to deal with these, not just a few obscure passages, but there's chapters um, in the Bible dedicated to what the gifts are, how to use them, um, mm-hmm. what's an incorrect way and what's a correct way and, and what spirit to even have about them, how to think about them. And so I think we're all kind of in agreement at this table that um, they are for today. They are still active in the church. And so I kind of want to go into that second question a little bit. If they're available to us today, What's their purpose? Is it to create super Christians that walk around with, you know, special powers? Or, like, why did God give us these gifts, and really, what's the benefit of them? Yeah. Well, I I think, to put it in its simplest form, the gifts of the Spirit are simply God empowering faithful Christians to do what He has called us to do. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has been called uh, by his own glory. So I, I think it's, it's first to em- empower believers. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think more importantly, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I think, are unique skills and abilities um, to followers of Christ to serve God for the common benefit of his people in church. That yeah. I, I really believe that, yes, the gifts of the Spirit are, are to empower you, but I, I fully believe through Scripture um, that God gives gifts for the common good of other people. You, you see it all through 1 Corinthians. says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Ephesians 4 says, uh, is to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Um, the, the Holy Spirit isn't just some like whimsical idea so that you can be off in your little corner doing whatever that, that you do, embracing the Holy Spirit in this this crazy way. Uh, it's not just some whimsical idea. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are to empower us to serve God for the common benefit mm-hmm. of his people and the church. So every passage, go read it for yourself in Ephesians, Romans, Corinthians. When it talks about the gifts, it shows the purpose of the gifts, and the purpose of the gift is to build up God's people mm-hmm. to not edify yourself. Talk, tongues talks about edifying yourself, um, 
but every other one is to edify the church and the body of believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> and I also, in 1 Corinthians 12, Andrew, what you're saying is he kind of talks about being individual members of the body in, uh, sorry, one second. And he says um, he's appointed apostles and prophets and teachers and miracles and healing and helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. And he goes through all of them again, repeats every single one of them in a question form. And it says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And this part is what I love. And I will show you a still more excellent way. And I think why Jesus gave gifts, it says in John 10, 10, that world is going to be, it's going to throw stones at you. It's going to throw spears at you. It's going to be a hard life, Mm -hmm. but take heart for I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And this language that Jesus like writes, it's for this excellent way. Mm -hmm. And these gifts help the believers on that journey towards a more excellent way, the yeah. more excellent path. And so I think for us to say like, oh man, I wish I had healing. Oh man, I wish I had tongues. Oh man, I wish I was a prophetic. Earnestly seek that mm-hmm. because you have access to those things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think kind of like what Andrew was saying, like seek that knowing that God gives those to you for other people. Right. Um, we're, we're about to dive into to a, a a gift that might be a little more individually uh, specific, but the Bible, like Andrew was saying, always says that these spiritual gifts aren't for you to walk around and feel superior than other people yeah. or right. I don't know. It's it's always God's heart is always to reach lost people and to build up his church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yes, we believe they're still available today. And we think that that is because God knows that it is a way for us to encourage, to reach, and to continue to build other people. Um, and thank God for that. Seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah, that your spiritual gift is not just for you, as is nothing yes. that God places in your life. Yeah, your finances. It's to be generous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's everything God gives you is a to stewardship. Give back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a stewardship to, to other people. And so... Um, yeah, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And so we're, we're about to dive into, I'm sure, one of the burning questions. <laughs> um, I have been asked this so many times, and I've probably done the, a really poor job um, explaining. And so hopefully I won't repeat that pattern. But what is the gift of tongues? Um, is speaking in tongues, speaking a known <clears throat> language? Is it a heavenly language? Is it a prayer language? Um, when we talk about tongues, this is probably the most controversial gift that's mm-hmm. that's written in the Bible. What are we talking about when we talk about the gift of tongues here? I'll jump in. <laughs> Start us off. <laughs> anyway, I, this is my personal belief, and I've, I've done some research. I've done some studying in this. I've gone to school and talked to professors about this. And I've also, I'll be honest, I have personal experience in this. And so I believe that the gift of tongues... Um, is almost a two-folded gift. Well, it's not distinguished necessarily in writing. I think we see it manifest itself mm-hmm. in two different ways. In the book of Acts chapter 2, we see the church, when they were gathered in the room and the Spirit was poured out, tongues of fire were on their head, and the Bible says that they mm-hmm. spoke in known languages, known languages, right. um, that other people that didn't speak their native language understood. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that would be like me speaking an African dialect or... Um, speaking Mandarin or something like that, and people understood what I was saying with me not having any 
formal training in that. Mm-hmm. And hearing it says they were proclaiming the good news about who God was and, and the greatness of God. And so I believe that one manifestation of the gifts of tongues mm-hmm. is an ability for you to speak in a known earthly language mm-hmm. um, that other people might have the ability to hear and understand right. the good news about Jesus in. Um, but, and this is where it can get a little controversial with people, I do believe that there is um, grounds for belief that there is a gift of tongues that is um, a bit more private in the sense of, I guess, I, I don't like using this phrase, but a prayer language. And and <laughs> what I mean by that is if you go to 1 Corinthians 14, 5, and then 14 and 15 and verse 18, there's a bunch, but Paul says this, in writing to the church who did this, Paul didn't say stop. He, he said, here are some instructions for this. And he said this, he said, I want every one of you to speak in tongues. Mm. Okay, that's something that we have to deal with because yeah. Paul says that. But I would rather have you prophesy. Mm-hmm. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless somebody interprets so the church might be edified. Now, this is Paul speaking of himself now. He says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What should I do? Mm. I pray with my spirit but I also pray with my understanding, just like I sing with my spirit, but I also sing with my understanding. And then he says this, kind of like a weird flex here. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. (laughs) And so I think this is giving us groundwork for this idea that tongues is a manifestation of known languages, but also that there is an ability for Christians to pray in a way where your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit is praying. And I think that's yeah. kind of where the confusion of this gift of tongues mm-hmm. sets in. Yeah. And what's really tough about this is there are Christian denominations who are different denominations because of this exact topic. This one right. topic. Yeah. And so we, we obviously want to be careful to just put this giant stamp stake in the ground on like, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Um, so we want to encourage you to to test this for yourself. All we can speak to is what what we've experienced in, in right. our own life. Um, but but I, I believe that um, that speaking in tongues I think is one of the greatest spiritual gifts um, as far as like your relationship with God and God in, in empowering you. Um, just like Paul Paul says, um, prophesying edifies God's church, His people, mm-hmm. but. Speaking in tongues edifies yourself, yourself. Mm-hmm. and um, may, maybe it's it's weird to to say that I feel like I, I do operate in in that gift. Uh, if you're weird out by that, I do apologize. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but I I think that it's it's so important. We we have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to give people space to 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 work this out. Um, I I don't want to I don't want to look at any of these gifts in here and say no nah, that's that can't be for you. That 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 one's a little bit weird, because our Westernized culture we like we connect with the things that we connect with. But there's there has to be something here with this, and so I've known in my own personal life. I grew up in charismatic Pentecostal where things got really weird. Um, Same. Like legit, Same. I, I remember going to a, uh, a a a kids camp in Holy Spirit night Thursday night, <laughs> and that's why we do YA on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And they wouldn't let kids leave until yeah. they spoke in tongues. Right. Yeah. Someone would be on stage in a microphone screaming. Mm-hmm. 
that's a weird thing to reconcile for. <laughs> yeah. And that's what most people see. But as I've grown in my relationship with God and, I, and I've matured in my faith, I have found that um, that speaking in tongues has been such an amazing way for me to engage in my relationship with God. I can't tell you how many times that I've approached a situation with my kids um, sitting in a hospital room. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's, it's emotional, but like sitting in a hospital room while your kid is sedated and not knowing what to pray um, and you, your soul is just hurting mm-hmm. and speaking tongues yeah. um, and praying and weeping mm-hmm. and knowing that the Holy Spirit is with me. So I've just had so many of those moments in my life where in the quietness of, of my room or the quietness of, of a prayer room with no one else hearing me, but I've been weeping mm-hmm. my face on the floor, mm-hmm. speaking in a language I don't know. Um, and so I know that can be really weird for people. Maybe this totally bothers you that we're even talking about it, but I, I have to be able to speak from what, I, what I've experienced yeah. in my life and what I know. And I know that there have been countless, countless times in my life um, where this has felt, felt like God's leading, and I've walked away very empowered and encouraged. And I don't know. And Indra, I love that you've made the distinction between tongues is for, there's some tongues that you were were talking about, Connor, that this is for um, a dialect in actual, on earth, this exists. And I've been in rooms where that has been very real stories of people hearing in their African dialect, go home, go home. And he went home and started Mm -hmm orphanages, whatever. And then I've also experienced like rooms where this is for the edification of the believer. Mm -hmm. And I love that Paul in first Corinthians, I know we're we're really hitting first Corinthians hard, um, but talks in first Corinthians 12 about spiritual gifts. Then first Corinthians 13 is what we call all the time. Like if I speak out in the gift of tongues of angels, um, but I don't have love. I'm a resounding gong. And so I think what you're saying is when there is a showiness Mm -hmm. to the gift of tongues, ooh, test that. Yeah. Because there's no love in there. It's like that is for personal edification that maybe you do need to speak out, maybe not over a mic. And so I know a lot of people that I've talked to, they do have that baggage of, you know, I was in this room and I was really confused and then this happened and this happened. And that's very confusing to try to reason through if you're a new believer um, or you're questioning if gifts of the Spirit are real. Yeah. And I would just point you back to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 and read it in order. And then there is so much understanding that comes with the gift of tongues. And so I love that we've made the, that distinction in this top talk today. Yeah. I, the Bible says that God's not an author of confusion. And yep. I think that... Um, when you experience gifts of the spirit in your own life, there there is an empowering like feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes that can that can be used, not intentionally, but in a harmful way. Yeah. To where that's kind of where we get these stigmas of, you know, church camp revivals or, you know, I right. I grew up in a church where we would do week long revivals and, you know, if you if you weren't falling out in the spirit by day five, there was something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that God knows us. He knows our hesitancies. Mm-hmm. And just like his love that leads us to repentance, I think his gifts are kind. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think they'll overwhelm you. I don't. I, they're they're not here to confuse you or to mm-hmm. make you feel pressure or Great to, disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or to give you this confusion in your heart. They're there. They're available. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the, I think at the right time, God God will lead you into that. So if you're hearing this podcast and maybe you feel this pressure, that's not God. I think the yeah. enemy loves to even sneak into conversations like this and make you feel inadequate or like you're missing something or you're confused. Um, take the pressure off, pray, read yourself, test these things. Um, or fearful of them. Yeah. Uh, well, one point, if I pray for this, I'm going to be at a service and right. I'm just going to start screaming out. And yeah, right. yeah. No, no, no. God, God's a gentleman. God will not force anything upon you. This is, this is you mm-hmm. acting in accordance with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not having some out of body experience. Yeah. No, th- this is you in your flesh. Mm-hmm the Holy Spirit working through you, um, and it's it's this relationship together, you know. So I, it's, I think some people fear it. Of, yeah. I'm just going to start doing really weird things. No, you'll do weird yeah. things because you're weird. Like, <laughs> weird people do weird <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, like, so yeah. If, you're, if you're doing weird things, like, knock it off because yeah. you're creating confusion for people. Mm-hmm. I remember I said that to a guy at Young Adults one time, was panting back and forth in the front, yelling out in tongues. Mm-hmm. And I stopped him. I said, hey. I love that you're having this engagement with God, but this is this is creating confusion. Mm-hmm. This is creating disorder because mm-hmm. um, I know all these people here don't know Jesus, and they're watching you, and they're yeah. not engaging with, you know. So some people feel very different about that, um, but you can test it when it's off, yeah. and yeah. oftentimes it is off, and I think it scares people from engaging with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of want to share my personal story with this a little bit. Um, I don't want to take up too much time, but... With this whole idea of like you're you're in when you speak in tongues, you are in control of yourself. I think yeah. I grew up in a very Pentecostal church, very charismatic, and I, I think I just always had this impression that if I were to speak in tongues, I would almost become possessed. Like like I right. I yeah. equated speaking in tongues with possession by the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. it was such a long road for me um, in receiving this gift. And what I mean is, I grew up in elementary school, middle school, high school, um, even in college. And, you know, I was very familiar with the concept, but I never had that, had the experience. And I remember one day I was really serious about my faith and pursuing Jesus. And I was listening to a pastor and they were going through a series on gifts of the spirit. And I just remember pausing it and praying for like two hours. Um, I want this. And if it's real, I want it. If it's not real, if this is all show, if this is all gimmick, um, I don't want it. I just want the most authentic version of, of what you have for me, God. Now, I'll never forget, I was on my couch in my living room. Mm-hmm. And I was kneeling down, um, praying. And I remember, remember, I was thinking I was going to be possessed or something. And I just remember the most gentle whisper in my heart. Um, I felt these like words almost like bubbling up in my mm-hmm. chest, but my mind was like, that's stupid. You're making mm-hmm. this up. Like, mm-hmm. this is fake. And I just remember hearing the voice of the Spirit kind of calm all that and just said, speak. And I and there was this moment of faith. And we always said, we said at the up top, everything when it comes to your Christian walk deals with faith. And there was this moment of faith that I had to step out and say, God, I might look back on this moment and feel like a total idiot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I hear your spirit telling me to speak. And I'm just going to trust it. And I remember I began speaking in a language. I have no idea if it's an earthly language, a heavenly language, whatever. I was speaking in this language that I didn't know, and it felt right. Um, 
and I know that your feelings don't validate everything in your in your Christian faith, but for, for those of you that are afraid of it, um, my personal experience wasn't this pressure. It wasn't this person on a mic screaming at me. It was it was honestly a moment where I grew up my whole life having this talked about and done and something I just couldn't get a hold of. And I remember just going in my living room, nobody else was in my house, praying and seeking God in the most gentle, comforting voice, encouraging me to speak. And I had to take a step of faith and trust that what I felt in my soul was honoring to God. And when I did it, I felt like it was honoring to God, and it's been a part of my faith walk ever since. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you with questions, you're not going to be possessed. You're going to be fully in your right mind. You're going to have the ability to control what you say. You're going to have the ability to stop when you want to stop. Um, and it's going to take faith. It's going to take you stepping out into a, a, a sphere that's uncomfortable. Just like mm-hmm. if you're in a bad relationship and you feel God calling you to break up, it takes faith for you to take that step and break up. It's going to take faith for you to step out and and speak in an unknown language. Yeah, yeah and, um, I, and, but it's and real. these things, you know, they don't. If you don't engage with gifts of the spirit, um, it doesn't make you less of a Christian. It, um, you're not going to have less jewels on your crown. I, I don't right. believe, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, but it's it's kind of like what we talked about last week of, of being led by the spirit when we really allow the spirit to, to lead us, to direct us, to guide us, and then to, to begin to operate within like the, obviously not the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We can't fully operate in that um, on this side of eternity, but to the best of our ability, your life be, begins to be different. And we talked about last week, how do I have influence? A 20 something's asking the question, how do, how do I be more influential? Um, how do I reach more people for the kingdom of God? Well, you begin to be led by the Holy Spirit, and then you begin to, um, to, to the desire, like Paul says, more of the Spirit and the spiritual gifts that might come with that. Yeah. So while that is not a complete doctoral dissertation on the gifts of tongues, um, I, I do want to kind of pause this conversation, and here's why. Um, we wanted to spend some time speaking on the gift of tongues because that's one of the most question gifts that we get. It's, you know, super mysterious, speaking another language. What the heck is going on? Is it heavenly Mm -hmm. or not? Um, And it deserves time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like we've been saying this whole podcast, God didn't give this to you to confuse you or make you feel weird. It's to empower you, Mm -hmm. to bless other people, and to edify yourself and the church. And so um, there's other gifts of the Spirit, specifically prophecy, that Paul is extremely passionate about. And we want to make sure that we have adequate time to dive into that because I believe that every single person listening that follows Jesus has the ability to be prophetic. Paul mm-hmm. actually encourages that, and we really want to flesh out what that means. And So today, um, we're going to press pause on our discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back next week for a part three, but I kind of want to end it with this question. Let's say that maybe one of our listeners, for maybe for the first time, or maybe this is really their first time giving it actual consideration or thought, mm-hmm. um, knows about the Holy Spirit and is really kind of considering the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of the stuff we've talked about today when it comes to what are the gifts and specifically the gift of tongues has challenged some people's thinking. Yeah. What is a really good next step for somebody to take while we kind of come back next week in in that interim time, what's something that somebody can do to pray about this, read about this, um, and really just maybe have a dialogue with God about these gifts and specifically the gift of of tongues? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would definitely say number one is read what we've been talking through, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Um, and I also would say, like what you were in your room, pray, earnestly seek. What does that mean? Praying for them, asking questions about them, journaling. What do, what does this mean? What is this gift? Why do I want it? And can I just take one minute to um, admonish a certain group of people really quick? Um, I feel like if you are struggling right now with anxiety, um, I would really encourage and challenge you to pray for the gift of tongues, to admonish yourself um, in this way. And I know this is something um, that my family has gone through specifically, and I had permission to share this with my husband, but he really struggles with anxiety. And when we first got together, I said, babe, you just pray, just ask. Mm. And he grew up not that way and was like, this is so weird. And he started praying. And to be honest, it started with one word. And it was just that one word repeating over and over. It wasn't this full speaking moment like you had, Connor, which is incredible. But it was one word. And now he has this weapon against his anxiety. And if you are struggling, this will not cure your anxiety. But this is what Jesus talks about. This is what Paul talks about, that this is to give you tools to walk through life with. It is such a gift. And so I would just say, read about it, study it, pray for it, and just open up your heart and see what God can do with all your sin, all your struggle. And I believe that there's going to be something new that comes from you just being open. Yeah, I would really encourage you. Um, obviously, we we've been referencing First um, Corinthians a lot. That's mm-hmm. that's where Paul talks about it the most. The Church of Corinth operated in these gifts and, and kind of needed some structure. And so, if this is new to you or you have questions, do some research. Um, read. Here's what I would say most: read the Bible and pray that the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit would open your eyes to what He's trying to say. Um, because the Bible wasn't written to you, but it was written for you. And God knew um, that you would be reading this and and having these conversations and having these moments. And kind of like what Whitney was saying, and and I just want to reiterate, there's no pressure. God Mm -hmm. loves you so much. Um, And and you will, if you never speak in tongues a day in your life, you love Jesus, follow Jesus, you will go to heaven in all the goodness and glory of God. This isn't a better or worse or whatever. Um, these are just gifts that are available. And so, yeah, we hope that today encouraged you, challenged you. Um, Andrew, do you have any closing thoughts, or would you like to pray for us as we kind of close yeah. out? Or Yeah, I, I think the um, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, um, and the First Corinthians, read those. And then I also think that the Acts 2 mm-hmm. of when the, yeah. um, the tongues of fire came upon um the upper room where they were praying and and just kind of reading through Acts, I think it encourages you to see, man, how you begin to operate when you operate within the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is as you read Acts, it says like by the Spirit they spoke boldly, yeah. they acted boldly. And so I think that there's something when, when I feel like I'm really leaning into the Spirit. Um, when I feel like I'm really being led or or or, or eagerly uh, seeking and desiring the gifts of the Spirit. I just walk different, man. Mm-hmm. I, I talk different. I I approach situations 
different. And, and if I could put it in one word, it's more bold. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be a, a, a bolder Christian to stand for your faith in a loving way um, and to walk into rooms where a Christian does not belong but still be the hands and feet of Jesus, this is how we, this is how we do it. So uh, begin to read Acts. There's 20, 28 chapters in Acts. Maybe for the rest of September, I'm going to read one chapter a day or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, yeah, that's it. L- l- let me pray for y'all. Mm-hmm. Lord, I thank you so much for the words that you have spoken today. Lord, I hope that there was prophetic words that were spoken over someone today. Uh, I believe with even what, what Whitney spoke, Lord, I believe that you put on her heart that there are people listening to this today who have been saying, how do I even start uh, this battle with anxiety or depression. And Lord, I believe that she spoke to that today. And so, God, you have so much that that you want to do. You, There is an abundance of, of your spirit, of your love, that, Lord, we will never be able to fully attain or grasp what all that um, you have for us in this lifetime. So, Lord, the sky's the limit of what we want from you or what we can get from you, Lord. And so I just pray that we, um, the listeners would just continue to to seek you out and desire more of you, Lord. Um, and so, God, I just pray for anybody who's listening today who doesn't have a relationship with you. God, I pray that uh, you'd begin to speak to them as they sit in their car listening to this right now or, or running or whatever, Lord, that you want a relationship with them, that you love them, that you died on the cross for them, just like you did for us in this room. Um, but, Lord, we just love you, and I pray that what was spoken today would not return void. Mm-hmm. And, God, we just trust you with these words. And all God's podcast people said... Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Young Adult Podcast. Be sure on whatever platform that you choose to listen to to hit that subscribe button and share with a friend, a coworker, or maybe anybody that you know that could benefit from these conversations that we're having. And be sure to tune in next week as we continue our conversation on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and specifically the gift of prophecy. We love you guys so much, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a good one, guys. Bye, y'all. Love you.